0: this is the financial coconut podcast singapore's first personal finance podcast network i'm your host reggie aka your chief financial coconut every wednesday you'll be chilling with me and my guests who are some of the quirkiest geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life sit back relax we are a few days away from the weekend welcome to joe swift tfc I think it's important to have
1: protection plans, as I mm. said, right? Because if we do not have enough savings today, at least we know that when we get into unexpected situations, dipping into your savings is not the way to go. At least we know that you know having that protection plan will give us that confidence that we do have um, you know, our
0: insurer to
1: hopefully help us pay for our hospitalization bill. You and know, hopefully cancer not treat. very confident. Uh, eh, right,
0: hopefully not <laughs> yes, very Yes, they will, right? They better pay. Better pay out. Right? Right? If, eh? if they don't pay, you come on the show. We will blackmail yeah. them. <laughs> Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quickest individuals to learn about how they do money and live. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today I have a very interesting index to share the Sing Life Financial Freedom Index. Uh, it's quite interesting, but I am not particularly interested in the main talking points they want to push. Huh? <laughs> I have derived two other points that I think are very interesting within the document. Number one is that the main determinant between how financially free someone feels is really their income. And number two is that people that are financially constrained or feel like they are financially constrained actually have a much bigger financial goal in their head to feel safe. Meaning they believe in order to feel financially safe they need more than others objectively. So it's very 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 interesting and it affirms a lot of what I've been talking about, you know, this whole psyche thing and personal finance. So stay tuned as I spend time with Adriana Chia, senior VP of research for Sing Life and lifelong researcher and mom of many. I she got a lot of kids, huh? mom of three to be exact, to talk about their findings and the insights that I have picked up. And this is Chills with TFC. You want to say a little bit more? Introduce yourself.
1: Hello, morning. I'm Adriana. I'm looking after consumer experience and research at Sing Life. Maybe
0: to start off, right, I'm curious, like, are you financially free?
1: Well, you see, financial freedom, financially free, right? It really depends on... My life stage needs and aspirations. Mm. As a working mom, I have three school kids. They're not too young. Three. Three, but three. Exactly, right? (laughs) One is like doing her PSLE, 12, 16, and 19. They're still schooling, means that, you know, I need to provide them quality education, right? Mm. So, financially free to me is the ability to provide them a quality education. Mm. So, if today, yeah, all three tell me that they want to go overseas to study, I need to be able to provide that. However, not incurring too much debt, so mm. that to me defines financially freedom, right? To be able to provide them quality education without incurring debts. And again, in my forties now, financially free. Don't need to free... say one.
0: Your thirties ah, one you is fine. Okay, twenty-five. Yeah, but forties, right? You know, my timeline. <laughs>
1: My (laughs) timeline to retirement is like nearer and nearer. In Singapore, the average age of retirement is around 62, 63. Mm. So my timeline is getting shorter, right? So again, to me, financial freedom is about not having too much debts, right? I'm still paying my housing mortgage. So to me, financially free is able to retire, have a desired lifestyle, still being able to travel and not having too much expenses.
0: So on those parameters, you are financially free. Is that what I'm hearing? Not
1: yet, not, not yet. yet. Somewhat, right? So where so
0: are that, you missing? Like, what? Where, where do you think a little bit more <laughs> then I'll be financially free? I
1: definitely need that little bit more, right? A uh, little uh, bit more means what? I need to not have my mortgage, not paying for my car loans. And of course, having that stability in income. You know, Singapore, we hear retrenchment. You know, there's rising inflation. Today, I heard on radio that trans is going to increase by about 10 cents right from December like hey you know that will have an impact on financial freedom today I feel that hey yeah I'm somewhere there but tomorrow when I hear something oh my god I need to like take a step back are you sure
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: so that will really have a you know (laughs) impact on my financial freedom definitely yeah
0: yeah no but I think what you just described is about how you feel about it right which is a big tenet to the paper that you did right yep. or the survey that you guys did because that was the thing that i, I saw right? but every day people send me media release oh yeah we did this survey we did yeah. that yeah every day i see this thing but in your survey it was very clear that it was a feel exactly. right? so, and i think that's the interesting element maybe you can share with us a little bit more like what does it mean to feel financially free
1: financial freedom is so personal it's mm. so subjective and we don't want to have a formula Right, it's just getting too complicated, and, and it's not just about numbers. It's about having that peace of mind, mm-hmm. and we believe that you know we, we don't want to be like a teacher telling people what to do, right? But we want to understand how they feel mm-hmm. about understanding their financial attitudes, perceptions, behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, this study is all about understanding how people feel towards their financial freedom, and doing this across like many Singaporeans, like we did like three thousand. That is. A big sample size mm, right mm. so understanding that financial freedom how they feel allow us to understand hey what the Singaporeans feeling today towards their financial freedom and what are they thinking about the financial behavior mm. their habits their perception right so to give an idea in terms of the kind of product or solution that we can offer to them mm. right obviously it needs to be catered to their needs their lifestyle and we want to ensure that we do have such solution that meets their lifestyle yeah. their needs you want to
0: be the provider exactly yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't want
1: to just telling them hey you Need to yeah, have like I this least,
0: protection uh, plan, you need to have that personal <laughs> accident plan. Like, well,
1: no, I, I but sense it, the mama on this <laughs> exactly. right? you don't be telling, right? Like, yeah. No, I think that is enough, it's very stressful. So, we just want to ask, understand the feeling a little bit more relaxed, right? Mm. It's not about mm. formula. Well, yes, we still need to set aside a certain proportion of our savings to retirement, but we don't want to tell them to be, be so straight. So, mm. understand that feeling, right? Mm. It's so important, as I say, it's not just about numbers, yeah, right? Yeah. To me, it's so important to have that peace of mind.
0: And I I think that is a, a big part of why people do this whole personal finance you know element of it it's not just about being massively wealthy objectively a lot of people can look at their career choices and look at their way of life and know that i will never be very very filthy rich like exactly right? because you, you can come out right you yeah. know uh, you're 30 years your career pick, you can aga count, right? If you want to do the massive growth, then you go and do your business, you know, investing, all those kind of things, right? Which I think we also cover a lot of this channel. Exactly. But a big swath of people just want to feel safe.
1: Exactly. They want to
0: feel financially free.
1: Exactly. Yeah. To be assured, right? Yeah. they have the confidence that I feel that my retirement will be okay doing the things that I want to do. I probably enjoy, you know, during yeah. retirement, right? So it's that feeling state, yes, right? Yes. And it really
0: differs from people to people. Yeah. So so as with all Singaporeans, right, we love to gossip about other people, right? So <laughs> <laughs> <Totally> <laughs> yeah. Singaporeans like a compare, right? So in your survey amongst the 3,000 people, you know, uh, where are we looking at? Like, in terms of how many people are feeling financially free? And then how do you kind of label the others that are not financially free?
1: Yeah, I think that's a super interesting question, right? So in the survey, right, I mean, there are many, many questions. It was super comprehensive, right? So we started off this single question. How financially free do you feel currently today? So it was asked on a scale of 1 to 10, Mm. right? So people who rated themselves 8. Nine or ten. Or maybe I'll ask you, how will you rate
0: yourself today? I think I'm at a seven, seven. La. Yeah, huh, I mean the ballpark, okay. somewhere there. But now of course business are very headache, right? Exactly. So, I <laughs> so yes, yes. if I retire from this, I will feel like an eight la. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> if you have rated yourself an eight, right? Yeah. So people who rated themselves eight, nine, or ten, we term them as the financially free consumers, right? Okay. And if I look at the survey finding, that represents around 29% of the 3,000 people that Mm. we spoke to, financially free. But just now you said seven, right? So you're actually on par with the majority of Singaporeans, right? So you are actually the 54% of the 3,000 people that we spoke to. They rated themselves between four to seven. So people, basically, they rated four, five, six or seven on that scale, right, that I talk about. So we call them everyday consumer because you are just like, the masses.
0: I'm just the masses. Yes. I'm not special. Right? So aren't you? You're oh. not special too.
1: <laughs> so, but you know how to yeah. get to it. Yeah? yeah. So that remaining group that I didn't talk about, um, they effectively rated themselves one, two, mm. or three, right? Mm. So you can imagine on a scale of 10, one to three is on the lower side. Mm. So we term them as the financially constrained. Mm. So, this financially constrained Very positive, group,
0: huh? For <laughs> 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 the terminology. Constraint. <laughs> constrained. Constrained. Yes, constrained. Yes.
1: Well, they are constrained, doesn't mm. mean that it's a very bad thing. Mm. It's just that when they told in the word constraint means that they do have some limitation, mm. they do have some concerns, they need to rethink, probably not overspending because they are constrained by something. Mm. And obviously in this case, constrained by their finances,
0: mm. right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay, fair. To be clear, right? So you begin this survey by evaluating how the individual feels.
1: Mm, right mm. it's not about
0: how much money they have you know all that it, it just yet. starts with yes. okay how do they feel yeah so
1: we started the survey with asking them like how do they feel but of course the survey is not just that one question course, right yeah. then no, I will how do you not come know? on the show you only got exactly, one exactly right <laughs> no insights to share Yeah. <laughs> yeah so to be able to understand why do they rate themselves like for you seven six we went on to ask them like many many questions right so in fact we went on to ask them um, you know there was like six teams that um could affect or influence their financial freedom. So these six themes include things like retirement, managing recurring expenses, managing unexpected events, saving and uh, investment, or even contributing back to the society, right? And across these six themes, there were a total about 25 attributes that we asked them, right? So these 25 attributes um, really have questions on helping us understand what is the state of financial situation, their attitude. So just to give you a flavor, out of the 25 questions, there was this question that we asked them, okay, do you feel confident on your ability to retire Yeah, anytime that you want? Okay. You rate yourself 1 to 10, mm. right? You, some would say 5, 6 and all that. Yeah. And then the question, right? Oh, are you able to manage your recurring expenses? Or are you able to pay your loan most mm. of the time, right? Mm. So these teams across the six teams, right? So we allow us to understand the financial attitudes and perceptions. And this is, again, attitude pace because, again, it talks about how confident yeah. on your ability. Yeah. However, we also ask them things like, oh, how much do you need? Mm. Do you think you need? You think, you believe, right? Mm. Um, you know, you need to feel financially free. How much are you saving? What kind of financial products they have? So why we need to understand this is because it gives us an understanding, right? Why a consumer could have rated themselves a 1 versus why a consumer would rate themselves a 9 or 10 because it really depends on the type of saving or investments or the kind of portfolio or your attitudes or your version or your vision of financial freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fair, fair. And I think that was one of the interesting part of the report that I saw, right, which I want to be sure so I wrote it down, yeah? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very clear about this. The financially constrained, right, in the report, it suggests that the financially constraint feels that the median amount needed to feel financially free is 650000 whereas the financially free only feels that they need 540000 to feel financially free. And this doubled down on the idea that I've been Peddling for a long time that a lot of people are actually outblowing the number in their head, right? Especially for people that come from the ground, right? Like, not a great family, ground mm. up type of individuals. You make money already, you still feel afraid, right? It's like, not enough, not enough, yeah. right? And objectively, in your mind, you need a 100,000 more than a guy that is already financially free to feel financially free. Exactly. It's quite right. an interesting observation, yeah? It is, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, everybody will have
1: their own interpretation of yeah. how much they believe, yeah? Believe. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they're not calculating because I can't imagine a lot of Singaporeans will be that financially savvy, right? Mm. So we want to understand how much they believe they need to feel financially free during yeah. their retirement. And you mentioned, right, the numbers. So in fact, the median amount, right, again, 3,000 people, right? We yeah. don't want to take the average because if you take the average, someone would say, I need 10 million. Someone <laughs> that would say they need Has like anybody, only 10,000. Did anybody say that Thankfully, in your data no. Said, <laughs> right, they that is totally We'll <laughs> <or seconder right? laughs>
0: an anomaly. And then <laughs> yeah, we'll put everyone else. Exactly so
1: the average will be skewed by such people who give mm. a very big amount because that's what they believe and maybe why they need that maybe they believe that they need to take um, you know a private jet for mm. their holiday hence they believe they need 10 million 650,000
0: so very hard to have private jet uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah you know
0: you see yeah. so we took the
1: median amount right mm, which mm. is around 500 plus 566,000 mm, right mm, so that mm. is the median amount they feel they need to feel financially yeah, free yeah, yeah during retirement
0: yeah and and, that, and exactly right the, the survey anchors on this few things which I want to accentuate right if you feel like you're struggling right actually objectively you may not be exactly right? Objectively, exactly. Be, because the data shows or this survey shows that a lot of people that are financially constrained are outblowing the numbers in their head maybe you just do an objective recount of like how much do you really need you know exactly. like all that stuff which we have talked about in many other episodes then you will feel more comfortable like actually one month I only need to spend like 3,000 you know exactly. like, I don't really need so much. You at least have some clarity in your goals, which Mm -hmm. then gives you that comfort and you don't feel so stressed out over it.
1: Exactly. I think everybody is looking for that security, that buffer, right? It's all about that mindset, right? As I said earlier, it's also about that peace of mind, right? So what amount will be able to give me that peace of mind? So hence, sometimes we can't avoid having that little buffer because again, it's feeling. Otherwise, we would have to speak to our financial advisor who is probably a little bit more Mathematical, right? Mm, looking mm. at your expenses, looking at your lifestyle.
0: It's quite invasive uh, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. must build the trust. And you must and trust yourself easy. also. Yes, it's not easy. It's not easy. We sit down with uh, enough financial advisors who are very invasive. Uh. Yeah. How much you have? How much you spend? Like that. It's <laughs> it's like, like, oh my God. What, what do I need to tell you? No, <laughs> Why should I tell you? Right. So, having that belief, so at
1: least it gives us a goal, mm, right? Mm. But I think we have to uh, know, be realistic about that goal as well, right? So, again, if I feel I need 566000 that's the medium round, right? I think then. I need to plan, right? Mm. I I can't like just believe that I need and I don't do anything about it. Mm. So I think having that discipline of savings, having that discipline of planning, ensuring that our financial portfolio is well-balanced, meaning, Mm. you know, have adequate savings, have some protection plans, right? Because... Protection plans are so important. Like today, if something happens to me, touch wood, yeah. It's wood, right? It's not wood, it's glasses. Okay, fine, touch (laughs) glass. (laughs) Right? If I don't have a protection plan, if I get into a critical illness, I can't work, like, oh my god, what happened to my three kids, Mm, right? mm. So even if today the financially constrained, right, if they find it like hard to save, I think at the bare minimum, they need to have at least some protection plan because Mm. this will help them to protect them, right, against such unfortunate unexpected events mm, right mm, for the mm. illness or you know some hospitalization plan as well right mm, mm, um, but of course it all bind, boils down to what i need and having that discipline and commitment to commit that amount to save and to reach the goal that i believe i need
0: mm, during my retirement to feel financially clean. to feel the word is feel, feel right, feel, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah so in another part of your survey you also talk about i don't have exact data but but sure. this is a definitive line that you put out in your survey, right? To say that, you know, uh, amongst the top insurance, uh, life insurance is the top insurance owned by people across all the segments, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like, really? Right, like quite interesting. And I, I want to ask, like, maybe from a survey data standpoint, right? Are these 3,000 people self-select? are they from your community well, uh, how do you get those infer- I, I'm, I'm trying to understand like is this a skilled information like everybody has life insurance that's their biggest thing you know so yeah wh- where do you get these 3,000 people
1: super important question right so yeah. I think exactly we definitely firstly don't want to re- uh, misrepresent any data points yeah. right and hence that also have a starting point of we want to go to 3,000 at least 3,000 right yeah. because having a big sample size right allow us to Mitigate some of these you things, know yeah. right it's a robust sample size mm. I can stand by my numbers right you're the Margin yeah. of error is so tiny. It's very tiny. It's thousand, very tiny. Uh,
0: actually, a thousand, a thousand is really good, good enough, already, right? The plus yes. minus three yes, yes, percent, right? Yes, yes.
1: So not just the three thousand to ensure that it's a very robust sample size. Uh, we ensure that it's not skewed to a particular group. Mm. Meaning, ah, uh, okay lah, male right, more savvy right? We only yeah. interview the males. No, um, or um. maybe the thirty five to forty five right, who are probably a little bit more savvy as well. We only interview them. No, right? So to ensure that there's no bias in terms of um, selection, we said. Quotas, what I mean, quotas, right? For instance, if today Singapore, right, agaration, yeah? 50% males, 50% females in Singapore population. So in our survey, we went to ensure that we have at least 50% females, 50% males. Okay. And we said the same thing on age, 18 to 24, 25 to 39. We, we ensure that this represents the Singapore population, right? Mm. So we set quotas by age, gender, household income. Household incomes are important variable as well because you we can argue that, okay, maybe the more affluent folks, could afford buying insurance plans and mm. they probably will have a lot more insurance plan than, than the not so financially um you know healthy ones right but no so we have to ensure that we covered all groups yeah. so basically covered all segments of people in Singapore so no selection bias, mm. big sample size to ensure yeah. that it's sound and we work with a partner actually, right? So, it's, so there's a
0: third-party randomness to it. There's a third-party vendor it. randomness. Okay. We do okay. not
1: pick, we do not just speak to our just, customers. Because if I talk to my
0: own community, right, they are a self-select. Exactly. There is a bias to this already. The exactly. data is skewed. Okay, so there's a third-party ran, third random and, statistics correct. to this. Correct.
1: So it's very important. Oh, we're getting very
0: technical in this. Oh, huh? yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> right. okay, yeah. Okay, okay, approve, approve. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah, third-party is important as well. So we ensure that we do not just speak to our customers yes. and one important approach is, is a blinded survey we do not say like hey Sing Life commission this survey <laughs> and you need to be saying that hey you know you're you are not having this not having that you feel good and feel bad mm, no right mm. it's a blinded survey it's representative right we do not choose to you know interview who or you know whether if you are you know a little bit rich or you know poor it's not important right we just want a voice mm. from the Singapore consumers and that really help us understand you know the findings in a more non-biased manner
0: but it's interesting because life insurance is very expensive in the 3,000 people that you've surveyed they all have it right or or across the board that is forms the top three insurance that they all have so that is the first like the biggest thing that they own
1: yeah i think that is also probably not too surprising because Mm. i think is it by
0: the size is it by the premium size how how are you evaluating oh okay
1: so so it was a simple question, right? Because, yeah. you know, we don't want to be too technical. These yeah. are your normal consumers, right? Okay. So we basically ask yeah, yeah, them normal consumers. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, I, I mean, they,
0: they're not so technical. Like yeah, like, like yeah, they
1: won't know the policies they have, right? How much they
0: pay. How much they me. pay, maybe they know. Maybe not offhand yeah. at the survey. Like, but, will you okay. remember how much yeah, you pay yeah, for no, your premiums?
1: I myself wouldn't remember. Exactly, right? So we basically ask them, okay, we show them a list. Out of all these um type of insurance, just tell me what are the types of insurance that you are actually owning so they can pay. Right. Okay life insurance health insurance critical illness insurance um, or maybe some of the general insurance like your car insurance home insurance right so Mm. yeah it did come out that life insurance is number one and we did not purposely put life insurance at the top yeah Yeah. right so like they we never skew right that's so important right we make sure that you know the answer options are randomised right uh, 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 so sometimes for you maybe you see life insurance on top maybe for another person life insurance in the middle right so it was randomised in a way that that is quite cool it's not by that you manage, do not yes. pick the top three products mm, that mm, you see, mm, right? Mm, mm. I think life insurance is something that Singaporeans know, right? And perhaps, you know, financial advisors, right, in Singapore are definitely doing a good job, right, yeah. in terms of advising their customers, in terms of what they should have given your financial status. If we have only a certain amount of money, then we probably need to start with life insurance, perhaps. And that's mm. why, you know, many we do see more people having life insurance.
0: Yeah and then on the internet there's a debate right between term life and whole life right so like what is your stand on this thing like is it whole life or is it term life what do you do with this you see again normal consumer yeah, yeah.
1: what do you mean by term life yeah, yeah. whole life
0: no but i will never understand one i will never so yeah maybe you can help us understand a little bit what's the difference you know and do you have a personal position on like how do, which one will you go for and maybe yeah, for somebody that's like 35 working class professional yeah. you know maybe like your colleague maybe your junior colleague like <laughs> you know 30 plus that, like,
1: yeah. yeah. again right there's no right or wrong right it really depends on your own financial status mm-hmm. yeah on what you want whole life term life for me um well i have whole life right mm-hmm. because i think at the state when i purchase my whole life it's probably more suitable for me it gave me again that sense of security i, I feel right a little bit more secure your whole life so at least i know that my dependents if i pass they will be okay Right, they won't struggle.
0: So, question on that, right? Do you get whole life after you have dependents? Ah, that's a good question, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. You are right. Ah. So that
1: was probably one consideration factor. Yes. Right. Yeah. i think when i was single
0: Ayya, Ayya, right? Ayya. it's about party today or tomorrow exactly
1: ah. right. <laughs> right
0: it's okay right <laughs> yes, i, I yes, don't really yes. have to
1: worry too yes, much yes. but once when i started having my first kid that's where you start to rethink mm. you start to relook you start to review your mm. financial portfolio yeah. right what do you have or what do you need to have what is the trajectory, right? For the next 10, 20, 30 years. Mm. And our needs, our ones change along yeah. the way and we adapt. So you're right. I probably had a review after I have my first kid, right? To mm. really review and seriously think. Not to say that I wasn't serious, but once you have a first kid, you I re- think
0: the seriousness is different one. It's,
1: it's another level, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, yes. We have to be really serious in understanding what we really need mm. and to ensure that our dependents are well taken care of. Yeah. So at yeah. that stage... That was many years ago. I'm not going to say how many years. It's going to reveal my age. Yeah, (laughs) so then, yeah, so you're right. Um, After my first kid, I I felt that whole life um, insurance was definitely um, more suitable for me. So it gave me that peace of mind, security, and comfort that, hey, you know, they'll be well protected. Yeah,
0: fair, fair. And I want to add to our audience, right? Recently, my partner's mom passed on, right? And in that process, she closed her own life insurance to keep my partner's life insurance. Okay, so that is to me a no-no. Right. It sounds very good as a mom, right? Because that's an like emotional, you you don't want to jeopardize your kid, blah, blah, blah. Right. So because you cannot afford to pay really, right? Because of the COVID, everything. Right? Yeah. So you terminate your own life insurance, but you keep your child's insurance alive because of this idea of protection. Mm. But the reality, I want to put it out there, right, is that if there is a choice, it comes to a choice between keeping your kid's life insurance and your life insurance, you better keep your life insurance because yeah. it is built upon your life. You are the perimeter of it. Correct. Right? That exactly. means uh likelihood is your pass on first Yes.
1: <laughs> In all odds, In right? All odds, yes. uh, who you
0: pass on first and yes. the insurance kicks off when you move on. Right. Yes. So that is the idea. Please do not you know do the whole like close your insurance because you want to protect your kid is protection is quite iffy but technically this is uh, my stance uh. is, is it a fair stance well, if again, you get into such a situation yeah
1: you see as outsiders we may not know that specific personal circumstances of course, of, course, right? of course so maybe to you know for that particular individual maybe it makes sense but of course I think it's always better to speak to someone who is more professional because well, again as yes. consumers we wouldn't know it's so technical right yeah. what is the difference and do I need to surrender right Right, yeah. or close my insurance policy I I wouldn't be able to know and um, being emotional I, I probably will make a wrong decision so yeah. I always feel it's important to speak to someone someone who is a little bit more professional who have a lot of experience to be able to advise you I think that is important but ultimately yeah. you make your decision and the decision that you make needs to be a bit on your own personal circumstances also thinking about your dependents mm-hmm. right fair yeah. fair
0: fair but that is my position huh? okay. exactly. <laughs> that is my position but yes I think back onto the survey that is why you're on the show right what's the difference uh, between the financially free and everyday consumer what What have you observed
1: well you know the financially free right going back to the definition yeah. okay what's the definition people who rated themselves 8 9 and 10 on the scale of 1 to 10 so these people across all all the questions that we ask, right? You know, whether if they are, you know, having the choice to retire anytime they want, whether they started planning for retirement, how much they are saving retirement, we do see obviously a higher score. The scores mm. are way significant, confident right? One, yeah. But they are very confident. Uh, and one, hence, yeah. they are like 8, 9 or 10, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. to give you a perspective, I think on average, right, across the 25 um, attributes that we ask, right, again, across the six teams, retirement, recurring expenses, and you know, all that on average, it's about 60 to 70% of them will have the confidence to say that they can retire anytime they would have planned for their retirement they know how much they need for retirement they're able to pay back their loans they're able to support their dependents around 60 to 70 percent across all the attributes
0: that's quite good right that's super good hey shout out to y'all i'm not working exactly right it's a very
1: high score but of course if you compare to the other group scores are definitely much lower around it ranges right between the 30 to 50s so immediately you already see that difference right from a 60 to 70s on average across all the twenty-five attributes to a thirty to 50 on average across all the attributes. So right? this
0: difference between financially free and the everyday consumer. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. And you can imagine, right, the financially mm. constrained that Number again, mm-hmm. there will be up and downs, right? Yeah, That's yeah. even way lower, ten to twenty percent, because you see they are feeling a little bit this uh, uncomfortable, right, in terms of their ability to cope with the everyday. And for such group of consumers, right, especially financially constrained, we do see that actually only like um less than thirty percent have even started planning for retirement, we, and we know why, I mean, right? you it's, cannot
0: Saturday to day
1: how to plan, Exactly, right? right? Yeah, like, yeah. So less than thirty have even started planning yeah. or thinking about retirement yeah, 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 yeah. versus the financially free where you know the 60s or 70 percent have already started planning for retirement so that's the big gap that we do see so how do we go from the
0: everyday consumer to the financially free you're trying to understand this in your survey like what is the divergence other than just their personal recount
1: yeah i mean you see it's not just about numbers right of course i think it is possible but it's not like immediately right I mean, financial freedom is not an uh, overnight journey. We definitely do need planning. I, I think first, uh, we, we just do see a difference in terms of um, the the vision that they have towards financial, um, you know, freedom or the kind of retirement they envision to have. I think firstly, how to move up is well, it's definitely possible, but we need planning. So mm. a very disciplined approach. So we need to definitely set aside small amount, big amount, whatever amount that you have. If today you can set aside like hundred dollars for a month to plan for retirement. You set aside a hundred dollars but the key is having that discipline to set aside a fixed amount of money on a monthly basis to reach that goal
0: and actually in your survey you already see that people are setting aside money every month right so what you're saying is you should try to squeeze more out of it well
1: (laughs) again it's it's up to you right up to you
0: i'm not saying anything (laughs) i just leave this research i find very interesting insights yes Yes, it's
1: it's up to your individual circumstances again when we talk about um savings right i think there's a savings culture in singapore at a median level Singaporeans are saving about 1007 a month. But if you look at across the 3,000 people that we surveyed, half of them save up to $3,000. Mm. To me, that is huge. So people it's, are saving. It's crazy,
0: you know. It's it yeah, is. The so, amount of money that they're correct, saving aside. Correct.
1: So, so for us to move up the ladder from an everyday consumer to financially free, I, I think we do need to up that savings whenever mm. we can. Review your financial portfolio um, you know, save and invest. I'm sure you hear this many times already but it's also important to have that protection plan, right? Mm, I think mm. to be well-equipped and then you will feel comfortable, right? So it's definitely possible to to go up to next level but we need to understand that it's not an overnight thing. Of course,
0: thing. it's not overnight. Yeah. Right? And I want to shout out, if you all want to take a look at the survey, it's quite interesting and I picked out some points like, yeah, within the survey, right? So based on the question that I asked, right, essentially I'm just trying to understand like how to close the gap from an everyday consumer to become like financially free, not just feel few only, right? Like, like, like you can can immediately do the survey and feel like it but i think when an individual is trying to evaluate themselves there's some objective standards and, and there's some numbers right there i would like to just kind of indulge me and let's see <laughs> let's see where this goes right so i think in your survey the everyday consumer you the age is about 42, the financially free on median is about 45, right? So median, median, yes, right? Okay, median, median, ah, median average <laughs> the <got different, laughs> so statistically different, okay? So the median is about 42, for everyday consumer, financially is about 45, so that means they're a little bit older, just a few years, yeah. right? But the big difference comes here, right? The income of the everyday consumer stands at about 5.6 thousand median and the financially free income is about 9,000 median income yeah and their savings is the interesting part the everyday consumer on median saves 1.3 thousand a month the financially free guy saves 4.1 thousand actually the difference between their income and savings right is about 4.3 thousand to 4.9 thousand they are agar the same that means in other words their spending is in the ballpark it's just a difference of maybe two martel plus two high-end bar or something Wow. <laughs> you know okay. or something right it's just it's just. If you don't go out on a weekend for like two weekends or do something, then your quality of life, I would argue objectively, difference between the everyday consumer and the financially free is not that much difference. Mm. It is just built upon the difference that the income levels are very different. Mm. Which is why they got the ultimate savings that they have is very different. Mm. But their expectation, their median expectation for savings to feel financially free is also in the same ballpark. 550000 and $540,000. It's aga-aga the same. right? So just... Trying to understand, like, is it just a situation of raising income? That is the main difference across the board between everyday consumer and the financially free.
1: Yeah, I think having more income does give you a little bit more security. Yeah. Of course, I mean, who would not want more income, right? Yeah. So I think it helps to a certain extent, but it's not just about income. If today I earn more, I spend more. My savings is still the same level, mm. right? So it's all about having that good balance between income, savings and expenses and that it goes back to the portfolio again Mm. and also that desired lifestyle or the desired retirement that we want to have right so I think having that vision is important what do we want to do during our retirement what do we expect during our retirement like do I want to downgrade probably no if I then you probably need a little bit more or am I able to balance my um, income expenses manage my you know loans debts right because while the income is not very much different or the kind of median amount is not too much difference in terms of of what I need during my retirement. But the propensity or the amount of loans or amount of mortgage I have could vary from individuals to individuals, right? Yeah, so yeah. depending on that quantum, that could affect my feeling towards financial freedom. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think those are fair, you know, and everybody say that all the time, you know. It's, yeah. it's And I'm not disputing those ideas, right? I think they are there. It's just very interesting to observe that, yeah, the main variance in the survey, is the income level. Whereas, you can hypothesize that the everyday consumer and the financially free within this survey group spends about the same. Mm. You know, that means... Uh, on some level, if you match that to consider quality of life based on how much you spend the agar in the ballpark, right? It's just a few drinks different, right? And it affects their bottom line on savings and their time needed to achieve their median savings such that they feel free primarily is different from the income level. At least that's why I observed that. I think it's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. But another thing that in your survey that you've observed, right, is that 77% of people in the financially free feel like they can. They are there already, right? They know what to do. They are are clear mm. they're very clear of what they want so maybe the question is the remaining 23% is accidentally financially free <laughs> accidentally because 77% say I'm very clear I know how to do this I understand this then the remaining is accidentally inside this financially free bracket <laughs>
1: I think mm, it doesn't happen by accident, right? Again, yeah. is that what we are measuring here, right? It's mm. all about that feeling, that perception, yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. And actually, again, from the survey, right? They actually know that financial freedom is important. Mm. But yet, yeah, I think interestingly, around half actually told us that they actually haven't thought about financial, how to even get there. Yeah,
0: and that's the everyday consumer, right? Like Based yeah, on the survey, I see. Whether
1: it's everyday, yeah, I mean, probably also a little bit more. Board, across lah. the board, okay, right? Okay, across okay. the board, um, about half haven't even thought about financial freedom, mm. Or don't know how to get there. I mean, mm. sometimes I, I do. Actually, I do find that worrying. Like, because yeah. if you know that it's important, you should be doing something about it. But yeah. there is a proportion, as I said, about half who haven't even thought about it or don't know what to do about it. Mm. Right. So I think ultimately, hence, hence, we also do this survey right? because we really want to understand what are people doing? How yeah. do they feel? And what kind of financial status that they have? Or right? what are
0: people not doing? What
1: are people not <laughs> doing? Like, so that we so, can potentially, you know, help <laughs> them, helping them achieve their state, of financial freedom, the desired kind of lifestyle that
0: you need during retirement. Okay, okay, fair. I think I agree with you through the survey, which is great, which is great. Huh? There are a lot of insights. Check out their survey. I think it provides you a bit more insights like how are other people looking at mm, this, you know. Mm. Maybe you can form some of your own conclusion. Drop it in the comment section. Let us know. If today I'm a friend, I'm your junior, 30 plus you, know, you look at me, wow, I also like that, right? So at this point in time, I tell you, hey, maybe, you know, I should start to look at my finances a bit lah because my income is a bit more stable. Things are a bit better. How would you advise me to go about starting my planning process.
1: Yeah. You see, it's never too early, mm. right? Never too early to start saving, right? In fact, I think uh, even for my three kids, right? You know, POSB, uh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I started with that, right? From so From the squirrel,
0: I will start squeal, with you. Right? <laughs> so
1: it's never too early to start saving. I started savings uh, plan for them like since and the day that they were born. So that will be the first step, right? Is we need to understand that it's never too early to start saving. And the quantum that we save is never too little or too much. We can mm. never have too much saving, mm. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's important, like, you know, if for someone who has just come out to work, you definitely need to start looking at your financial portfolio because savings alone is not going to be sufficient if we put our money in the, in it's the bank. It's a good place to
0: start, but not enough. Yeah, like. It's
1: a good place to start. It's definitely not enough, right? Because mm. inflation. What is the inflation now? About 5% maybe? If you're going to put yeah. your money in the bank account, it's not going to help you justify or even match that inflation amount. So we need to have our money work harder, right? Mm. Like squeeze and work. We're already working so hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: right? But our squeeze our We must squeeze our money. Squeeze our money, our money <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: yeah. make our money work really hard. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think that's where we need to start. You know, when we once we have a job, you know, we can argue that we have a little bit more independent. Yeah, we have our more, own income, not yeah. relying on our parents to give us yeah. allowance, right? I think it's important to have a disciplined approach, right? And to have a commitment to savings and to also have the essential plans, right? Again, depending on your needs. um, The kind of insurance plans, the kind of investment that suits your personal risk profile. If today you're, you tell me that, hey, you have a high risk profile, right? then yeah, go for investments, right? Again, it's nothing wrong, but it needs to be tailored to your individual needs. But Mm. um, it's still very important to start planning early. Stay disciplined, stick to your savings goal stick to your savings plan and also importantly you need to review your financial portfolio because we change our life state change our priorities change and it's not going to be a one size fit all it's not going to stay the same throughout so it's important to constantly review our plans to ensure that it still aligns with our goals uh, what we want but to
0: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
1: very disciplined
0: as well yeah so in a broad stroke how many percent goes to savings how many percent goes to investment how many percent goes into like financial <laughs> products you know insurance products yeah, right? okay. in your, in your view. i know it depends it depends right yeah. it depends right yeah. i hate the word right it so it depends on what right maybe give us some broad ideas yeah like speak to your financial advisor yeah, yeah. right I, i'm
1: not a i can't say i'm i'm not a qualified financial advisor yeah, i'm a researcher she's the, right? she's i'm a researcher. Lead researcher on
0: this okay yeah. yes yes okay
1: but you need to save at least about 20, 30, 40%, right? Okay. right. And, and in the
0: survey, some people say 50%, right? 50%, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But so Singapore okay. save a lot. Singapore a lot, is save a
1: lot. Right? 50%, but yeah, as yeah. I said, it's never too much savings, right? Mm. You can never have too much savings. Mm. So if you save about 30 to 40%, right, you are spending about probably another 30% because because mm. expenditure is high in Singapore, yeah. right? Everything Plus is just kids going is crazy. Up. Plus yeah. keeps, right? Oh my God, tuition. <laughs> Um, holidays, oh my god! They probably talk away like thirty to forty percent of my expenses. I feel like if we right? start the
0: mommy talk, right? This thing never oh, like I And what? Right? <laughs> will just go on. And you
1: want to give them a comfortable, yeah. you know, kind of like. So about right?
0: thirty forty percent. 40 percent, right?
1: Okay. And to start, right? Yeah. If you have more, you know, a bonus comes mm-hmm. in, you save mm-hmm. more, and the rest should go into. I think it's important to have protection plans, as I mm-hmm. said, right? Because if we do not have enough savings today, at least we know that when we get into unexpected situations, dipping into your savings is not the way to go. At least we know that, you know, having a protection plan will give us that confidence that we do have, um, you know, our insurer... To hopefully help us pay for our hospitalization bill. Hopefully not <laughs> yes, very confident. They will, right? they better pay.
0: Better pay, better pay right? Up, right? If, not, eh? if they don't pay, you come on the show. We will blackmail yeah. them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and I think that is something that we need to move forward, right? Because exactly. I keep hearing people say, Oh, this insurer very good to claim. That insurer. I'm sorry, claiming is part and parcel. It should be it taken is. as a given. It is. If if that is still a discussion, then why are we even allowing this insurer to stay around, right? Yeah. So it should be a given we should be talking about like what is the coverage exactly. you know what, what are we giving you know like what is your approved list of uh, you know, medical partners that you're working with you know, that is the right discussion and not it is not very good to claim you yeah. know but work on the street Exactly. It's like that. Yeah. Right? So I hope to you know together we can kind of elevate that discussion. Correct. Be more technical about like what to look out for.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's very important, right? I mean coverage, right? Again, that premium amount is what you can afford, right? So do look into the details, right? In terms of what kind of coverage, yes. what kind of um, not just know, headline club. number, right? Not headline
0: number, yeah. I always yeah. Having, oh, two million cover, two point five million, every every five year got enough. <laughs> it just keeps moving up. But can you share with us a little bit like what do you think I should look out for when I evaluate interest yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, as we said, right, coverage is important, right? Because it needs to at least cover you a significant proportion, right? Because if today your hospitalization is like 20, 30K or even up to 40K, depending on the type of again touch, know, <laughs> touch glass, the kind of illness that you have right the coverage needs to at least you know pay off I feel at least 50 to 60 percent right so okay. you do not have to dip into your emergency funds okay. so coverage is important exclusions you can never yeah. so you need to at least yeah. be aware of the exclusions and the list of um, panels or hospitals that is available to yes. you so you're not in shock of uh, when you unfortunately meet that unexpected event uh, what you really want is you know to suddenly take out your insurance 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 policy and it's going to be emotionally very very stressful so you need to actually understand what your insurance plan cover right so coverage is important exclusion is important to really understand what provide you in case of such an unfortunate situation yeah yeah, fair fair
0: fair. and I would argue medical insurance is one of the most complex insurance out there this kind of claims one uh, you know a lot of the others are quite simple the structure is set up in a very simple way but medical insurance the claims like what Adriana has shared with us you know has uh, a lot of things to look out for exclusion you know medical partners list all those kind of things please take a look okay thank you thank you for your time Lovely, Thank you. Lovely. Thank you for I having hope me you today. Enjoy yourself.
1: I did. It yeah. was really lovely talking to you. Put in fun. the comment
0: section. Yeah, let us know. Like, what what is financially free to you? Okay. See you next week. Bye.